This is Worship God, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Canada. Worship God is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for Christ-centered worship. Well, welcome back to the Worship God podcast. My name is Rob Brockman, and today I am joined by my BC brother, Pat Sabell. Pat, thanks for being here. Hey, great to be here, Rob. Happy New Year, man. Yeah, Happy New Year. We are at the start of a new year's recording this episode. We're January 2023. Crazy. And so it's kind of wild to think. Uh, I felt like 2022 just... I don't know what exactly happened to it. I think this has been what COVID did. It just kind of took a bunch of years and just kind of threw it in a blender. And so yeah, <laughs> it's hard to even know where we are. Uh, but 2023, if you can believe it. And, um, you know, often when we start a new year, there's the cliche. Everyone wants to make these, you know, New Year's commitments and New Year's resolutions. And even though as, as worship leaders, I think often there's a way in where often for me, at least when the new year comes, I kind of do a little reset and I kind of feel like I'm going to try some new things this year. And I want to, I want to make some new growth and I want to maybe take the team to a different place. And I think this is something that we, we do often as individuals and as worship leaders. And, and so maybe you're listening to this and, and this year you've kind of had some of those thoughts like, huh, how can I take you know, the ministry at my church, this, this worship team to the next level. Maybe it's like, what gear can I get this year? Or what new book can I get? Or what new songs can we sing? You know, and, and I think we all do this. And I know I have been, um, you know, for this year, something that I've been thinking about in terms of doing, you know, having a new commitment to do this year is just doing some training for a number of the positions on the worship team. Um, so I've been working on kind of prepping that. And I, I also want to be, um, kind of a conviction I've had is like singing more original songs. So I guess I'm writing some more. Um, and so this year I'm kind of making concerted effort, Pat, I'm curious about you. Like, do you have little things like that? Maybe we won't call them new year's resolutions, but kind of commitments that you make at the beginning of the year to like, I want to, I want to see the team kind of improve or the, the ministry here improve. Yeah, man. I'm 2022, uh, just, uh, my lead pastor had COVID last week, and so I got thrown in to preach on uh, Friday evening, found out. Um, and um, so I was just bringing it up to our church on January 1st, like, hey, 2022 is behind us. And and just thinking about the Sapel uh, household and, and what a year it was of just crazy um, right. You know, the list is, is long. And so typically I would be a, a little more uh, on the ball when I'm thinking 2023, what are the things? But I feel like, you know, coming out of a time of just like, um, wow, just so glad that that year is over. <laughs> and, yeah. and we kind of we kind of get a fresh start. But, you know, a couple things uh, talking to some guys on my team, um, it's it's kind of been a, a growing desire of what it would look like to do like an impromptu kind of worship night maybe maybe on a regular basis uh bi-weekly um something where we we select a band um from the worship team we you know set on their music stand 15 to 20 songs unrehearsed um and we just show up and we invite the rest of the worship team or we 
you know, uh, we, I, we've even talked about with some of the other guys in this city, Mark from Westside and other churches, where just just we would begin this with like the worship teams <clears throat> and maybe branch it out to, to, to mm. the church at large. But what would it look like to just show up uh, at Westside and, and uh, you know, there's a post that goes out days before, hey, on Wednesday night, we're going to be at Westside on the stage Mm. And Mark and his team just leads, and we have a, you know, an hour and a half time of scripture and and just just worshiping the Savior. Mm. Um, mm. So this is some some stuff we've been talking about. I like you, uh, really would like to. I feel like I've been stagnant for a little bit here, and want to write some some original songs again mm. this year for our church. And maybe even st- stuff that could correspond with a sermon series or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I think, and I think, you know, the, the thing that hits me every year is how do I better serve those that God's called me to, to lead and care for? Um, yeah. So I think there's a, a, a ask in the Lord, what does that look like? Yeah. For 2023. Yeah. And I think though, like those are just those are just great examples of things that we're thinking about as worship leaders, you know, all the time. Like, how can we, you know, there's the parable of the talents for a reason. Like, we're meant to be good stewards of what God has given us, and so we want to steward our ministries well. Right. And so sometimes that is like, okay, like 2023, we're going to upgrade to ProPresenter Seven, and I'm going to teach every, all my media guys how to use ProPresenter Seven. But but in this episode, what we thought was before we make any of those sorts of commitments and those are great commitments i think i think we both feel very convicted that there is a greater goal uh for growth that we want to strive towards and we kind of want to put this out as a challenge i guess to anybody who would listen and um and it's this it's let's make our primary goal for this year as worship leaders and and ministry leaders in our church or just congregants if you're listening to have to grow in a greater love for jesus and in a greater authenticity in our worship and our leadership as worship leaders and we want to take this episode to really challenge you if you're a worship leader if you're a congregant if you're a pastor if you listen to this um that the greatest gift you can give your church this year that you can give not only your church, but your families, your friends, your kids, your, your spouse. Yeah. Is, is like a white, hot, passionate pursuit of Jesus and loving him more deeply. And I think that's something that Pat and I have talked about kind of together as brothers, just being like, man, we both feel that Mm -hmm. just, we felt that for a few months, just kind of building up, building up, building up. And I mean, obviously for longer, but you know, there's just in a fresh way. And so um, we wanted to take this episode to talk about how, how do we, what can we do? What can we do? How, how can we do this? How can we make this our commitment this year to grow in a deeper love for Jesus? And so Pat, maybe just to kick us off. Yeah. You know, you know, there's a number of ingredients that we could talk about and, sure. and a number of things. What is something that you would kind of first kind of suggest when it comes to, you know, loving Jesus more deeply in 2023? Yeah. When you just said a few minutes ago, the greatest gift we could give 
our churches or, or whatever is a white hot affection for Jesus. I think it was J.C. Ryle that said to pastors, um, the greatest gift we could give our congregations is our own personal holiness. Hmm. Uh, but personal holiness uh, is bec- it flows out of a place of being before the face of God and and uh, being with Jesus. <clears throat> I, I feel like you know something I would suggest was uh, this is been probably three or four months, uh, something that I'm praying constantly uh, in Ephesians 3.19, where Paul uh, he says that you would know the love of Christ, or that word know means to experience the love of Christ. And I, mm. I wonder how much we really know the love of Christ, because from knowing that or experiencing the love of Christ in greater depths, I think that's where we where all ministry has to flow out of. Um, otherwise, we're, we're, we're doing ministry in our own strength. We're doing ministry mm. based on a blueprint that is, you know, that is not God's blueprint. Because mm. God's blueprint is that we would that we would know the love of Christ. And from knowing or experiencing the love of Christ... You know everything else would flow out from there. Um, right. You know the the teacher of the religious law who said to Jesus of all the commands in Mark twelve, which is the most important. And Jesus said, you know, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. <clears throat> what what Jesus was saying is, he 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 meant he, he, that all you are and all you do needs to love me. Mm. <laughs> so. Mm. Um, we think of 2023, um, you know, we, we uh, is it John, it's in First John where it says we, we love because he first loved us. Yeah. So h- how can we love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength? How can we love him with all we are and all we do unless we've experienced mm. the love of Christ, uh, yeah. unless we know the love of Christ? And so I sometimes question how much I know of the love of Christ or have Mm. experienced the love of Christ purely based on often my my ministry and and the outflow of my ministry. Um, Because often it's, there's, you know, I'm, I'm not doing ministry through the through the grace that's been given to me i'm doing ministry through you know i need to i need to do 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 and i have to make others do 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 and um so anyways there's just this sense of that that i think knowing the love of christ experiencing the love of christ and from that place i think is where we want um yeah we we want people to do ministry and so if we could start 2023 with with just that prayer alone from ephesians 3 19 you know father um jesus i want to know the love of christ i want to experience the love of christ this way in a way that transforms everything about my ministry Um, i think that that would be the greatest place we could start yeah it's it's wild how quickly we get away or we get distracted from knowing the love of Christ for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, if you're anything like me, it, it's very easy to feel like you're disappointing Christ a lot. 
mm-hmm. it's easy to feel like you're not living up to um, a standard of his affection yeah. and st- a standard of what you think God must expect of you. Mm-hmm. If you're his son, you need to be outputting, right. <laughs> you know, right. X, Y, Z, you know, I need to be achieving this and this and this and this. And, and realigning and remembering again that, yeah, Christ loves me. Mm. Christ loves me in my weakest, most brokest moment. If I wasn't in ministry, Jesus mm. would love me. Mm. If I would never picked a guitar, if I couldn't lead a song, if I couldn't right. write a song, if I couldn't do anything, right. um, he, he knew me before the foundations of the earth and he called me and that's it. That, mm. that is where my identity comes from. Mm. And then because of that, I'm able to love other people, mm. but you're, you're bang on. Like we just, we just get off that so quickly. Yeah. And that's, this is why when we come together, it's so important that right. we, we remind and we speak that over one of Hey, do you know that Jesus loves you? Right. Like, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe that's something we need to say more to one another. Yeah. We, we talk a lot about, man, do you know how much Jesus loves us? But to speak that to one another, Right. And just say, hey, brother, you know, just don't forget, hey, like Jesus loves you. He yeah. has affections for you. He cares for you. Right. And, you know, maybe these motivations that you're seeing in your life don't don't flow from believing that or knowing that. Right. I was thinking ne- never once have I ever said to any of my sons, have four of them, have I ever said, um, if you do these five things, you're my son. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, and but I do think sometimes that uh, that in our struggle against sin, that in our our difficulties, in our walk with God, we have we've said we can't be His son purely based on this, and yeah. uh, we we are His sons because uh, you know what is it John one John three one, behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called sons of God and and, and so and we so are, we are. <laughs> yeah. we are presently yeah. you know not yeah. based on how we feel not based on our performance uh, man if we could know that I just wonder yeah. if there isn't a place that that um, we have yet to maybe in small snip snippets tapped into but that that our ministry would flow from a place where people even people those we serve would just be, you know, I always I always say this question, but I, I feel like even in my own life, I've asked lots of other worship guys, are people more aware of your correction, your adjusting and changing, and always trying to, you know, fix them than they are aware of the love and the grace of Jesus? Yeah. Uh, and, and I would say in my ministry, often they're more aware of things I'm trying to fix and adjust and correct and do differently than they are aware of me just saying, wow, yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed that, that we get to do this together, that, that Jesus loves us. You know, are my children more aware of my correction and my adjustment yeah. than they are the love of Jesus that their dad yeah. has experienced and that he expresses to them? And so... Um, mm. Yeah, this is this is a this is a big deal, uh, and I feel like, man, I, I want to appeal to anyone listening to, to to pray that prayer with me this year. God, I, w- I want to know the love of Christ. I want to experience mm. it in a way that transforms my ministry. 
Well, if you think about <clears throat> knowing the love of Jesus is a wellspring in our lives, because think of how much, even in terms of the decisions we make in our worship ministry, what our worship ministry looks like, what our leadership looks like, would change if we were confident and oh. rooted in the love of Jesus. You know, a lot of, maybe a lot of our listeners are struggling with how to make certain decisions this year, or maybe I should adjust this or this. And it's really rooted either out of jealousy of other ministries yep. or fear of man. Yeah. Well, how much would the love of Christ, knowing the love of Christ for you, his affection for you, right. and your, at the end of the day, your unresolved commitment to follow him alone and yeah. to worship him alone, mm. how much would that change maybe the decisions you're thinking about, the commitments you want to make this year around your worship ministry? Well, I really mm. want to, you know, make my ministry look like this. Well, why is that? Is that because you love Jesus? Is that because you really understand the importance of his love and his affection for you and you want to reflect that to your church or is that because you've maybe got another kind of motive happening in the background and so it really does like become the foundation right for how we even do ministry right uh at all this is so good i think and important and i think you gave me this book pat i can't remember but john flavel in his book a treatise on keeping the heart mm. um says this what the heart is to the body that the soul is to the man and what health is to the heart that holiness is to the soul. And he goes on to say the keeping and right managing of the heart in every condition is one great business of a Christian's mm. life. Mm. And so this whole conversation about we want to keep ourselves in the love of Jesus. We want to keep ourselves rooted there. Mm. Yeah. This is he says one of the most important jobs, you know, so to speak, of the Christian is that we keep our hearts healthy. And, you know, I was thinking today, like, that's the whole point of Jude. Hmm. The whole little book of Jude is Jude says in the beginning in verse three, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to listen to this, to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So there's a sense in which like contending means to take on, to assert ourselves, mm -hmm. to endeavor, to lay claim of. There's a sense where we need to be working to this. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when we talk about knowing the love of Jesus, it can sound kind of very much, well, let's just sit back and like not do a whole lot and ponder. But right. there's actually a sense of striving to know Christ more, to, to working, right. um, laying hold of that love. And there's an intentionality. And mm. at, at the end of the book, he says, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Mm. So like we all understand theologically, like faith is a gift, but there's this idea in a sense, we're keeping ourselves in the faith is work like mm. it's a work mm. we're building ourselves up we're keeping ourselves mm. and so we want to strive towards this and, and i think some of us this year really need to dust ourselves off mm. and get back to the hard work of keeping ourselves in the love of jesus mm. you know reminding our, it's hard it's it's easy i think yeah. to and pat you've been in ministry way longer than i have but i'm assuming it's it can be very easy to get off of that clear, pure motive of the love of Jesus and his love for us and get into other motives that direct our ministries. 
And so we've got to strive towards that. And some of us this year, I, I just had the sense when we were prepping for this episode that we probably got a few people who have just kind of grown lazy in their mm. love mm. for Jesus and lazy in their savoring mm. of their of the love of Christ for them. Mm. And we need that challenge. What, what are some other things, Pat, you would say, how we can keep our hearts healthy and, and kind of deepen that love? Sure. Just one more thing before we go yeah. there. Maybe I was thinking of, <clears throat> you know, you're saying faith is a gift. Theologically, we know that. Um, and then there's this there's this persevering faith. There's this, you know, that we're, you know, you build yourselves up in the love of God. And um, I was thinking of, I uh, spoke this past Sunday on Blind Bartimaeus. And, mm. you know, Spurgeon talks about that as he's sitting at the roadside begging, if you go back to like chapter four of Mark and you hear that everywhere Jesus is going, people are coming in, into the streets and even even his garment touches them and they're, they're being made whole. I think in chapter seven, another blind man is healed from his blindness. So, you know, Spurgeon was talking about faith was given as a gift to this blind man. He's hearing these stories and he's putting two together because when, when he sees Jesus, what does he say? He says, Jesus, thou son of David. So he's, he's, he's got this understanding somehow through the stories, through the, you know, maybe he'd, he'd heard the old Testament prophecies of a coming Messiah uh, mm-hmm. and, and at that point, when he hears Jesus is coming down the street, <laughs> you know, he makes the connections that right. the only appropriate thing right now for a blind man to do who has a gift of faith is to exercise that faith in a sense where it's it's not just about being good information about Jesus, but now it's a, I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power to get his attention. And so mm. he starts to holler, and people are saying, "Quiet down, leave him alone." You know, right. he don't bother him. And and what does he do? He just like calls louder. I think mm. there's something lost in us today, in in uh, those who are in ministry, where we've lost our desperation and we've mm. lost our sense of helplessness. When Jesus says, "Apart from me, you can do nothing." Do we really believe that? Because mm. we have become so good at doing ministry apart from him. Hmm. And blind Bartimaeus in that moment understood that I have a gift of faith that was given me, but not only that, there was a something given me to, at that moment to call out in desperation as because he was utterly and completely helpless. And he says, mm. Jesus, have mercy on me. And I just wonder what our ministries would look like this year if we adopted a Bartimaeus style mm. of ministry that yeah. said, God, every day I'm helpless and I'm absolutely desperate unless you come and reveal to me and manifest afresh the love of Christ. And from that place, I would do ministry in a way that brings great glory to you. Um, mm. I, I mean, I think <clears throat> when I think about, you know, what are some of the things we can do to keep our hearts healthy and deepen our love? There's so many things. And, and I think, I think um, you know, lists, 
we all want lists, you know, uh, to tell, tell me, <laughs> give me, you know, give me these five things. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I sat with a brother who's, um, you know, a fair few years older than me yesterday, a pastor, dear brother. And I, 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 that's what I wanted. I just want to like, tell me about this and, you know, what are the things I can take from you and, and be better at what yeah. I do. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think, I think, um, lists can be good. Uh, but I feel sometimes that like we sh- we're looking for a shortcut or an easier route because mm. someone else has done the hard work and maybe we can like, I'll just, or we could just have real respect for that person. Um, <clears throat> but what, what would it look like for you this year to, to call out in such a way um, every day, God, I'm helpless and I'm desperate and I need you mm. to speak and make yourself uh, glorious in my eyes, the love of Christ glorious in my eyes, that that my ministry and that our church would never be the same. Not because, you know, uh, the guy I love listening to on the podcast or uh, the, the preacher that I heard a sermon from two weeks ago, but because I've been with Jesus in a way where it's not just about good information, it's about experiencing Jesus in a way that that changes everything. I love my neighbor as myself because I love him with all my mm-hmm. heart because he loved me. Um, so yeah. that you know, I think those kind of things. I mean, I was I was 13 years old when I radically met Jesus, and man, it was just like you know there. It was like reckless abandonment. I, mm. I mean, I it's it when I when I think about it, it just comes fresh in my mind. That little place, that little double wide trailer church in a place called Topley, BC, in the nursery when it's minus forty five outside, uh, where I had such an encounter with Jesus, and and I and I experienced in that moment the love of Christ, and I've had many subsequent experiences knowing the love of christ but but i don't think we can ever you know kind of say okay we've capped it (laughs) yeah Uh, i i want to i want to know the love of christ in greater ways so yeah i think you you hit on something that i think maybe is is good in this conversation which is like cautioning us against you know the seven rules for healthy heart kind of mentality that we can fall into Um, and I think, I think it's because like, it's like we get very good at like ripping off, you know, what works for other people like in the worship ministry. That's why most worship bands, like you go to most worship services and all the fonts are like Bethel fonts, you know, (laughs) and like everybody's like copying the same aesthetic and not everybody, but like, it's so easy to do that. Well, let's just, let's bottle success and then let's just copy it and let's yeah. sell it and let's try to do it. Yeah. And I see this a lot. We were talking before about Bible reading. Like, yeah. I think Bible reading, we would say is, hey, if you want to love Jesus more, uh, you can't really do that without uh, spending time with him and knowing who he is. And he's revealed to us through his word. And right. so we've got to be people of his word. But something that happens every year around this time, and it's happened this year too, is just the kind of the onslaught of encouraging people to get into Bible reading plans. And I think Bible reading plans are awesome. So I, I've done them and I've, I've 
I enjoy them. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that every few years we get into a good cycle of actually doing, reading through the whole Bible because new things illum- uh, are illuminated. Yeah. But what, for example, what can happen with that is people get caught on because they see their their well-respected <laughs> pastor or that Bible teacher they love or that that um, worship leader that they respect. And so they just start doing it because they're doing it. And then by February, they're they're drenched in defeat and discouragement because they can't make their Bible readings right. and they end up being defeated yep. and they grow disillusioned and, mm. and it's disheartening. And so I think that's something that I, I always feel so much compassion for people. Cause I feel like you just bit off more than you can chew and that's Completely. okay. Where you're at right now, you can only do so much, make it your goal to be in the word daily, make that your goal. Yeah. And maybe the Bible reading plan that works really good for somebody else right now in your season, you're, you're just not there yet. And that's okay. It's like, I always talk about, I go to the gym a bit and I have notoriously weak shoulders. And so a couple of years ago, I really wanted to make an effort to try to like get my shoulders stronger. I had to go back down and it's humiliating to like lift tens and do side laterals with like fives and tens. And I'm feeling searing pain in my shoulder. But eventually I just had to go, look, I don't care what people think. I'm trying to improve my weak shoulders. And it requires just being humble and doing the work at that level. And I think the same is true. Mm -hmm. And that's the danger when it comes to like, well, this is what worked for Pat Sabell, or this is what worked for Rob Brockman. Do these things. Um, we got to be careful that the things that we're doing are really just what, what would scripture say are the best things for us to, to do, to come to know Jesus mm. in a deeper, more profound way. And to, and to contextualize that as long as we're people of the word and a prayer right. and a fellowship, I think those are the foundational things. And I, and Pat, I don't know about you, but I talk to a lot of worship leaders. You probably talk to more than I do. And most of them I talk to still struggle with just getting into the word on a day-to-day basis and just the basic disciplines of getting up early, opening their Bible, reading a bit, <clears throat> reflecting on it and praying. I think, I think they struggle with that. And so the danger with these kind of lists, you're, you're so, you're so right is that we end up um, just trying to copy success off other people. And then when we fail, we get a little disillusioned. Yeah. I, th- I think like the regular means of grace are necessary, right? In yeah. Biblical fellowship and, and fasting and prayer and reading your Bible. And I mean, those things are, they're absolutely necessary. Attending church, yep. um, you know, we, we can't live without them, but it's, it's when we say, if I do these six things, and I think I think the concern always is that um, that, that that maybe we're we're getting professional at doing stuff apart from Jesus. And um, you know, I, I was thinking I had a question that I'd come up with today, just thinking this morning is is it ministry I love or is it Jesus I love? Mm. And I think that's um, you know I. I uh, had a crash and burn maybe about four years ago, f- five years ago, four and a half years ago. Um, and in my crash and burn, I uh, stepped down for four months. The elders of our church asked me to take a break. had a, a, a son, an adopted son that was going through some tough times. 
And I would go to other churches on Sunday, and uh, Sunday became the the most miserable day of my week. I, I could mm. not stand Sundays. And I was seeing a, a Christian, a biblical counselor at the time, and he he called me a ministry junkie. And I was mm. like, how dare, how dare he say that? <laughs> and then he began to unpack it. He said, you are so used to, you know, I think I was, this was close to 30 years I'd been doing pastoral mm. ministry. And I was the guy always doing the preaching, doing the leading, you know, doing the the caring, the praying, you know, all all that stuff. And for the first time in, in 30 years, I'm, I'm sitting down and I don't know how to be in the congregation and just mm. know and experience the love of Christ because mm. ministry had all consumed me. Yeah. Um, and so we can do this without Jesus. That's That should be the most terrifying thing to hear that. And, and maybe you're listening and you're saying, that's me. I've, I'm going hard and I'm having real success. Success does not necessarily mean that the blessing or the favor of God is on that. Mm. And so um, I would encourage those listening to 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 ask themselves that question do i do i love all this stuff do i love my church more than i love jesus do i love ministry more than i love jesus or or what does it look like to just come back to jesus and and know his love in a way that trans transforms everything about my ministry where where it's jesus ministry and from that place uh, we have we bear so much more fruit um, because um, because the love of Christ is all over that. It's yeah. what, it's you know what does what does Paul say in Second Corinthians five? I think for the love of Christ compels me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's 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 what we need. Our ministries need to be compelled by the love of Christ. Yeah, he also goes on to say there. Um, we make for this for his sake we make it our aim to please him right right well that, that that comes from a heart that knows the love of jesus that wants to right honor him and glorify him yeah. and please him yeah. you know just to add add to this one one thing i was challenged uh, on by by a great kind of mentor and friend recently is this idea and maybe this is more of a bit of a practical thing is is the idea of trying to be more consciously aware of the presence of Christ um, near me, mm. physically in me at, at all times. Mm. You know, we believe God is omnipresent. You know, we believe, of course, he's given us his Holy Spirit as a deposit that lives within us. Um, we believe that Christ is ever presently aware of our trials and our sufferings as our great high priest. So, so we're, we believe these things, but often those things kind of stay theoretical or theological and they're not a, a functional practice of thought mm. and belief in day-to-day mm. -day life. Mm. And we fail to see how that is true at every moment. Mm. And so he was challenging me, do you live as though the very presence of Christ not only resides within you, but by spirit, but around you mm. at, at, at all times? Mm. And, and we were looking at a couple texts like Psalm 16, 8 where it says, I've set the Lord always before me. I have mm. set him always before me. Again, mm. there's this 
effort there. Mm. This, this, this kind of contending, right? I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Yeah. Or Job says this in Job 31, four, does he not see my ways and number all my steps? Like, isn't God just watching? He sees, he's with me. He's around me at all times. Yeah. And, I, and I do think that much of our ability uh, to grow deeper in love for Jesus becomes hindered and hampered because we're just not aware mm. kind of of his mm. nearness to us. And we're not consciously thinking at every moment, like in this conversation right now, like Jesus is with us. Yeah. He is here. He, he, yeah. he is, he's looking, not only seeing my heart, he is mm. seeing what I say. Mm. And, and so in every temptation that I face, Christ is near. He's there. He is, he's a friend. He's able to help. Great. In every conversation, he is there in his spirit. He's able to give me wisdom. Mm. And, you know, it's almost like every breath we take is the exhaled air of God himself, mm. you know? Mm. It's like I'm breathing in the air that God has breathed out into mm. the world. Like, that's how near he is mm. to me in every second. And and that nearness makes me, you know, a, sensitive to him, uh, weary of sin, yeah. And and eager to delight in him and his love. And, that, and that's something that's been really transformational for me as the more that I practice that. Yeah. Psalm 73, this, the psalmist says, your nearness is my highest good. <laughs> <laughs> highest good. I mean, boy, do we do we believe that? You know, he's, right. what, what does he say there? Who do I have in heaven but you? And on earth there's no one I desire, you know, yeah. but, but you. My heart and my flesh may fail me, but you are my strength and my portion forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But man, that we would know Christ in that way, um, that we would pursue him. You know, when was the, when was the last, the last time that we really pursued, that we really said we're desperate, that we really said right. we're helpless. And, yeah. uh, and maybe that's maybe that's what this podcast is about is you know what what are you going to do differently to to pursue Christ in a way that says um and that little church in in Topley I I said something that was crazy but I walked into this little nursery at 13 years of age and I said God um I don't I don't know if you're the real deal or what but I'm staying in this little nursery because that was the only place that had a, a heater in it and i turn on the baseboard heater and i got down on my knees and i said i'm i'm not leaving this room mm -hmm. until i encounter you and uh i i you know you know when was the last time we just said i'm i'm gonna set aside eating you know and until right until there's a breakthrough in my soul we give up so quick we we despair so quickly we we walk away from you know um we're, we're okay sometimes for it just to be yeah. uh theological or it just to be out there but we're yeah. we're not we're not we're not experiencing it in a way that just goes oh i I want to know Christ and I, I want to yeah. pursue and press and run to him with all my might. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I want to do this year. By God's grace and by the strength that he alone provides, I, 
I pray yeah. that for us. I pray that for those listening. Amen. Pat, maybe just to close, you know, what would you say, what would you recommend to somebody who wants to grow in their love for Jesus, but maybe they are feeling discouraged mm. because they're in an environment where they feel it's just spiritually dry. You know, maybe they're struggling just to listen to the preacher every week and it's just like, oh, this guy, like I'm not, you know, and maybe it's a critical heart, but maybe it is just a, the preaching is not gospel rich and maybe they're discouraged because they feel like they don't have the resources that they need. Mm. Um, maybe the, their congregation isn't engaging and they're pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and people just don't seem to care. Yeah. Um, what would you say to people who feel like they have no real spiritual vitality right now? How would you, how would you encourage them? And I think just what I just said is what I would, what I would encourage them with. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you're in a smaller church, you're, you're in a place where you're, you're, you're just a lot of questions and it, it's, it's, we don't need a better band. We don't need better resources. We don't need a, our, our circumstances changed. What we need is to, to, to run to the feet of Christ and, and be helpless and desperate. Um, that's what I would say. I would say, mm. I would say more than anything else, you need the the presence and power of Jesus in your life, and He He will change your perspective on everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you do the hard work of of pressing through the crowd. You know, the woman with the issue of blood. Mm -hmm. um, do the hard work of saying, um, "I'm going to build myself up in my most holy faith. I'm going to, mm. you know, I'm going to." keep myself in the love of Christ. Mm. Um, so that it it's, you know, when Jesus says, come to me and find rest, that, that coming is, is work. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we can't, we can't just think, well, uh, Hey, there is this real sense that every day we have to get up and we have to make an effort to come to him. Um, and so, and I think there is, yeah, grace alone, absolutely nothing we can ever do to add to his already finished work of grace. But there is a sense that when we encounter and we know and experience that love, that is the motivation to make us want to say, you know, get out of my way. <laughs> I just <laughs> have to be with him. I have to know him more. I have to uh, forget what's behind and press mm -hmm you know, with all my might toward that goal of knowing him yeah. more. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I do believe that God loves to give us good gifts. And mm. so um, what I would say is the Lord's gracious. Maybe pray that he would bring one other person who could, who has the same white hot desire yeah. to love Jesus more yeah. And just pray that the Lord would bring them. Maybe you know them. Maybe their name came to you right now, or it's somebody that is going to come to you this Sunday, or you're going to meet this Sunday or this week. Pray that the Lord would bring mm -hmm. somebody like that into your life. Give them this episode or have this conversation with them mm -hmm. and then make that commitment together. And maybe yeah. it's meeting weekly or biweekly, but you know, I find so often it's it's relationships like the one that I have with my brother here, Pat, 
people who I know who love Jesus and who want to love Jesus more that stir me on mm. in my working and my striving and my contending for the faith. Mm. And so I, I would encourage, I would encourage if you're listening to this to, to if you don't have that, to pray for that. Right. Um, Pat, maybe to close, you've, you, you wrote down a, a neat little prayer here that I thought maybe you could um, kind of share with our, our people. Yeah, this is a Tozer prayer, and I think it's from the book, The Pursuit of God. But he says, um, Father, I want to know thee, but my cowardly heart fears to give up its toys. I cannot part with them without inward bleeding, and I do not try to hide them from thee, the terror of the parting. I come trembling, but I do come. And this is this is where we should all be pl- praying this. Please root from my heart all those things which I have cherished so long and which have, have become a very part of my living self so that thou may enter and dwell there without a rival. Mm. Then shalt thou make the place of thy feet glorious. Then shall my heart have no need of the sun to shine in it, for thyself will be the light of it and there shall be no night there. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, yeah. We can make that our prayer as we enter into this new year. Well, brother, thanks for joining me on this episode. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We'll see you next time on the next episode. Bye for now. Worship God is a production of the Gospel Coalition Canada. For more Christ-exalting resources, go to ca.thegospelcoalition.org.